mental health, it's something that you and I care about deeply. That's why we're here. And fortunately, we're seeing less stigma associated with these conditions, but it's still something that's not spoken as openly amongst entrepreneurs. It's something that affects entrepreneurs, perhaps disproportionately compared to many other you know, career pathways. And sometimes it's for fear of failure to investors, perhaps in the partnerships that you've developed to, to launch your business or startup. And sometimes it's, you, you may feel that it's a sign of poor leadership for your team. That's all understandable. But on the other hand of that extreme, you've got entrepreneurs who, after having gone through some form of mental health uh, crisis, oftentimes anxiety, depression, they then decide to turn around and pivot and actually come and use their entrepreneurial skills to find solutions and deliver solutions that improve the lives of, of people around them through their ventures. So if any of this sounds like you, do check out the links in the description below for some valuable resources. Welcome to day 20. My God, we're almost there. Day 20, it's still 80 days to go, no, oh, yeah, 70 days to go of my 90 day challenge, where I'm sharing my personal journey back to physical as well as mental health. And alongside that, I'm teaching, you know, some insights into the world of health and entrepreneurship, either by me or my guests, like, and I'll, I'll introduce you to my special guest today. Do check out the past 19 days. We have them all in a playlist here on the 90 day challenge on YouTube and indeed the podcast. And please subscribe uh, to follow me for the next 72 days. We're going to have a few more surprises along the way. By the way, we have a brand new Facebook group where we can continue this conversation and engage and interact uh, there as well, if any of these topics resonate with you. I'm Beirut, by the way. I'm a public health preventive medicine physician here in the UK. And my mission is to help you, the entrepreneur, to create a healthier, happier world through your ventures, but obviously it all starts at home with you, with your health and well-being. And mental health, you know, for the past couple of weeks, it's, it's the theme of what we've been talking about. And we started with a conversation about mindset, and then with, we're in the middle of talking about nutrition. Just to put out a disclaimer, any of the topics we discussed today, or indeed any of these episodes, is purely for information and education only. So do speak with your licensed doctor if you're concerned about your health in any way. Now today I want to share a story of just exactly one of those entrepreneurs that I just mentioned who turned their personal experience with mental health into a business, into a service that helps people live healthier, happier lives. I'm very, very happy to be joined by Dr. Chris Biondal, a naturopathic doctor based in Canada, author of Beyond the Label and The Essential Diet, and she is an authority in the treatment of mental health conditions. Dr. Chris, welcome to The Entrepreneur's Doctor. No, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. It's a real pleasure to have you. You're my second guest on this 90-day challenge from Canada. I feel like I'm traveling the world. It's such a pleasure, <laughs> really. So yeah. I guess I'd love to hear from you and your story. Just if you could just share with us your journey of what led you here. Yeah, so I haven't always been a naturopathic doctor, and I came to this profession through my own struggles. So things really started for me in, in high school with an eating disorder, which as an aside note, I just want to mention that I had been treated with antibiotics for several months to address acne. So we know now there's a relationship between the gut and the brain and the microbiome. And at that time in the mid 1980s, there wasn't any conversation about that. But 
just an important piece to mention because we're always wanting to address the root of a, of a problem. So when I got into university, I was this type A overachiever person. And uh, by the time I was in my third year, I found myself in a place that I'd never been before, which was debilitated with depression, plagued by suicidal ideations and really paralyzed with anxiety. So I was prescribed an antidepressant, which I took. And then a few months after that, I, I spiraled into a delusional psychotic place again, somewhere I'd never been before. Uh, it took six people to wrestle me into a straitjacket and off I went to the hospital where I was left in a rubber room to come back to, to reality. And then when I came back, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder type one. And what I did with that was, well, first of all, I had never heard of it. When the doctor asked me, she said, okay, I'm diagnosing you with depression. She said, have you heard of that word? I said, no, I've never <clears throat> heard of that word. Sorry, I'm gonna have to pause my son standing here. What do you no need to be hard? It's in the bag right here. This is live on YouTube. Yeah, so and it's live <laughs> and it's live with homeschooling during quarantine COVID time. I love it. I love so, it. Yeah, You're absolutely thank fine, you. Dr. Chris. Anyways, on. yeah, so this this label actually, so the doctor asked me, do I know about depression? And I said, I've only heard of it in the economic sense of the word, because I was a finance student studying commerce. So I didn't understand health. I didn't know. And there, again, there was no conversation going on about mental health in the mid-1980s. So this label uh, or this, this diagnosis of di a bipolar disorder type one, I pretty much wasn't having anything to do with that. And I continued wearing this mask that, you know what, I'm okay on the outside, but I'm actually not doing that well on the inside. Continued that overachieving behavior, graduated valedictorian, got recruited, climbed the corporate ladder, reported to a CEO by, within six years of my corporate career. And I had a suicide attempt in 1994. And that left me in a coma with kidney failure. I was on dialysis. I was told I would need a kidney transplant. I was not super impressed when I came out of that coma that I was still here. And a, a dear friend gave me a book to read by Marianne Williamson called A Return to Love. And there's this quote in this book on surrender, which goes along these lines, that surrender is not about breaking out of anything, but it's a gentle melting into who you really are. Mm. So we take off the mask and we discover that all God needs is one sincere surrendered moment where love where love matters more than anything and nothing else matters at all and so the key word in that phrase uh, in that quote is love i mean i didn't love myself pretty much from the moment i got that diagnosis i was at war with myself fighting the label and so I needed to figure out another way to navigate my life. And that's really what I've been doing for the last 35 years is finding solutions to help myself navigate these mental health labels, you know, which include anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, and eating disorder. Um, my, you know, some would argue ADD can be thrown in there as well. Um, so 
that took me to a natural um, psychiatrist, a nutritionally oriented psychiatrist named Dr. Abraham Hoffer. And he started me on some supplements and I carried along his regime along with the five psychotropic medications I was taking at that time for an entire year. And I had my first year where I felt free from depression and anxiety. And I had not had that in the 15 years prior. There was always a degree of mental suffering, if you will, every year. Uh, so I felt like, gosh, there, there's something to this. And I know there's a lot of people suffering. And this gentleman, Dr. Hoffer, was 83 years old when I saw him. And so it inspired me uh, after listening to Cheryl Richardson say, if money didn't matter, if you just took that out of the equation, what would you be doing with your life? And so I sat with that question for an entire year. I kept asking the same question. If money didn't matter, the same answer kept coming up. Go back to school and become a naturopathic doctor, which was immediately followed by, are you kidding me? You can't do that. Are you out of your mind? You're 33 years old. Like, you can't do that. <laughs> so I did. I went back to high school at 33 to get the prerequisites because I didn't do the sciences the first time around. Then I went on to naturopathic school with one intention only, which is to help people like me who struggle with depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, feeding issues. So here I am. That's the story in a nutshell. Wow. Dr. Yeah. Chris, it's good to see you here. And wow, what a, what a journey. And wow. And the end result, naturopathy. For those who don't know what that mm. is, could you, I mean, I mean, it's, it's got mixed opinions in all honesty in the medical yes. world uh, and that's absolutely fine. So I think it's good to be open-minded and listen to new thoughts. And for me in these 80, I keep forgetting 70 days remaining, <laughs> 70 uh, this 90 days. day challenge, I'm keeping a very open mind because I want to hear all sorts of potential solutions to help with health and well-being. So Dr. Chris, could you just share, you know, what naturopathy is and what it's not? And if we are to choose a naturopathic doctor, what do we need yeah. to be looking for? Yes, absolutely. So Naturopathic medicine, uh, basically we are trained like medical doctors in terms of the sciences. So we dissect cadavers, we study pharmacology, we just don't use primarily pharmaceuticals to treat. Now I'm just gonna make a little caveat there because some naturopathic doctors, depending on where they're licensed, do have prescription rights. And actually here in Alberta, we wrote pharmacy licensing exams about, gosh, eight years ago now, have yet to see prescription rights come our way by the government, but that's another conversation we'll say for another day. So <laughs> basically, and we are guided by some principles. One is do no harm. Number two, treat the root cause, treat the root of the problem. So very important, doctor is teacher is another, prevention is medicine. So a real in interesting distinction is, um, you know, we're more interested in you as a person, everything that makes you tick, as long the, the life you've led, how you know the however many years you've walked on the planet, the experiences you've had, the thoughts you think, then we are necessarily about the disease that has you. Because there's no other you on the planet. There's no other you on the planet. Whereas the Western side, they're more interested in, in a sense in the disease that process that has the person. And they take a more of, of an anti-approach often, antibiotics, antivirals, anti-this to address things. So we are looking, so the modalities we generally use are 
botanical medicine, nutrition, homeopathy, traditional Chinese medicine, and acupuncture. We're trained in counseling. Uh, so I have additional training in five types of counseling that I incorporate. So we're really um, the GPs of that sort the I don't like using the world alternative because it's we're not really shouldn't be considered the alternative actually we should be the first line to tell you the truth we should right. be the first line right and also it's not this or that form of medicine there's there is no rivalry there is no competition it is it that that attitude that and the way we're treated by the medical community is is really that needs to stop it's this and that form of medicine you need the two together. Healthcare is a business. I mean, we're, 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 on, we're, we're on an entrepreneur's thing. We got to understand that health is business, right? So um, if I had uh, had more time in my life, <laughs> I may have gone and done both degrees, you know, or I, and I was considering going to med medical school, but I just felt that it was not supportive to mental health. The, um, sleepless nights and the you know the grind that I find um not saying that we didn't have some sleepless nights on on the, the, the course the programming or the schooling that I took but it's it's a little gentler I would say in terms of um you know we're not having to do rounds in hospitals and stay up all night long right yeah thanks for sharing that um Dr. Chris so I guess um you know for those of you who are interested in learning more there is this form of integrative or integrated medicine where I know in certain parts of the world they actually do offer training in both modalities of you know the conventional medicine that I was trained in and those who want to learn more about nutrition and complementary uh, approaches to health so do check that out and obviously in the states and in North America generally like Canada some universities are you know they they train licensed naturopathic uh, doctors yes. so yeah Yes. Sorry, I didn't answer that part of the question. Yeah, you want to find a licensed naturopathic doctor mm. who's been trained by one of the five schools in North America. Yeah. And my understanding is that you are considered as primary care physicians in we certain are. states. Okay, that's interesting. So go ahead. We're not allowed to use the word physician, though. That's we're, we're okay. doctor. Yeah, we, there's certain words we're not allowed to use based on. Anyway, but yes, we're so we're like, getting getting back to the the topic yeah. at hand, mental <laughs> health. So, because uh, I could have a mental health issue now, just thinking about all the this complexity. No, I'm kidding. Um, so uh, that's not even funny. Uh, I've suffered no. from a lot of mental health conditions, and that's what led me to to do what I'm doing now. So curious now. So we're going to get into you teaching me and, uh, and our audience these 10 steps to mental health wellness. But before we do, uh, I mean, we've already kind of highlighted it, but why do you feel this is specifically important to entrepreneurs? Well, entrepreneurs are really a breed in, in and of themselves. And uh, it's funny, um, I never considered myself an entrepreneur, but I really am an entrepreneur. And I think that there's a lot of, um, they, they often aren't looking at their health. They're very driven individuals and some, many are sacrificing not only their physical health, but their mental and emotional health as well. So um, I think that it's, it's, it's important for people to, to really understand the, to move, again, move beyond these labels and look at these 10 steps that we're going to talk about today uh, so that you can still pursue the dream that you may have as an entrepreneur, but in a healthful way. 
Excellent. So let, let's get started. I'm going to be all ears and I'll take some notes. Uh, what are these 10 steps? Okay, so first we'll back it up. So we want to understand that there's four aspects to you as a person, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. And our Western system is focused mostly on that physical level. So with that, we want to understand there's three macro systems in your body. You have your neurotransmitters, you have your neuroendocrine system, and your organs of detoxification and your immune system. And all three of those are integrated within this one body. There's not like there's silos up or separations or different departments, if you will. Everything is communicating, the gut's communicating with the brain, the hormones with the neurotransmitters, et cetera. So the 10 steps, the first four, the foundation of your health house, if you will, is nutrition, then sleep, exercise, and then stress management. And then the next levels that we wanna look at are your thoughts and your emotions, how you behave and react in the world, understand the role that the environment plays from three perspectives, quality of the air, food and water. So traditionally we look at often mental health conditions as a deficiency picture. You're not making enough of something, but maybe you are, but it's just not getting in the cell because there's, there's a, the, the children are being born with 287 toxins found in umbilical cord blood. So there's a lot of chemicals in the human body. So that's one idea. The second idea is this concept of genetics and epigenetics. So whenever I asked the question, why is this happening to me? The answer I got was it's genetic and I'm adopted. So I couldn't look to the left or my right to verify the truth of that statement. So I didn't accept it as the truth. So epigenetics basically means genes load the gun, but lifestyle pulls that trigger. And I've just finished a year studying with Dr. Gabor Mate and his Compassionate Inquiry. And he often take, if we talk about root cause, when I had a, a conversation with him, he, he was basically taking me right back to this in utero experience. And he does a lot of work on studying the stress in pregnancy, both from the father and the mother, how this affects the developing child. And I opened my book Beyond the Label with a discussion of this based from, from his work. So this is a really important area to consider. And then the third area under, epi, under the environment is this idea of neuroplasticity, which means that your brain is not a fixed lump of cement. It can create new neural pathways, which is, this is based on a book by Norman Doidge, a Canadian psychiatrist who wrote a book called The Brain That Changes Itself. And then the last step in, in this, of this, which actually I think is really the first step, which is what I started off talking about, which is love, right? Basically wrapping everything up in this, in this foundation or building this foundation or wrapping it all up in love and compassion for yourself. Because at the end of the day, it really does all come down to that. How do you feel about you on a scale of one to 10? The people who are listening now can answer how do you feel about yourself on a scale of one to 10 with this sense of self-worth, self-love? Because I can tell you, this is the conversation, this inner critic, this person that might be in your head saying things like, hey, you know, you know like what my voice was always, you know, run faster, study harder, be smarter, do better, constantly pushing me, which served me very well for sure, but it also came at a big price. It also came at a big price, right? So this inner critic, is it the inner critic or do you have an inner cheerleader running the show? 
So that's the 10 steps in a nutshell. And then I, you know, I break them all down. And so if you, yeah, if you want to ask me something specifically about something with respect to one of those steps or a couple of them, we can dive into them. Oh, I love it. And actually it's, it's good to hear, you know, your take on things because they, they're pretty aligned with actually what I've been putting together for this 90 days. So we started with, I think you start with the foundation too from nutrition and, and all that, but the principles are, are all the same. So I added one component before there, which was mindset. And now that you say it, I wish I added love in there because at the end of the day, that's our steer. That's us, you know, that guides our path with whatever we do. And it's love for ourselves, love for who we're serving. And once you, you know, really how do you say it actually translate that love into the work that you're doing and into serving those uh, whoever your clients are your patients are the community at large suddenly your energy changes i i feel that every time i'm working with students clients patients whatever as soon as i focus on me just helping them the energy changes the value add changes and you're serving their best interests and and everything else comes back to you double fold, triple fold sometimes. Um, so, yeah. and, I, and I don't just mean monetary value. Go ahead. Did you want to come back? No. Well, I wanted to say, then that's the thing. We are energetic beings, right? right? I mean, the difference between me and you and a cadaver is what? Right? It's life. It's life flow, right? It's, it's, it's in Chinese medicine. It's called chi. In Ayurvedic medicine, it's called prana. In Western medicine, it's called breath, right? And the heart center is 40 times more electromagnetic energy happening here than here right so it is such an important piece and and the nervous system is really the king system right and the thing is that 95 percent of your brain is run by the subconscious mind and when you bring in mindset right so what that what contributes to mindset is our core beliefs and our shadow beliefs and our unconscious commitments and those two pieces are what keeps people stuck in their in 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 self-sabotage and, and limitation so mindset is a really important piece, but we want to understand again the neuroscience behind the mindset, right? It's, I guess it's I'll, so I'll go ahead. No, no, I, I don't want to interrupt <laughs> you. Carry on. Yeah. Carry on. No, it's just so fascinating. All of it. I, I just, um, I think for me, uh, I really, I really didn't love and accept myself, right? Um, and I had some, and I was operating from this place of. I was overcompensating to prove my worth in the world. So I became an overachiever, but it was driven from this place of lack, right? From this, these beliefs like oh, that I wasn't wanted or just very, very negative uh, self-talk. So for me, this mindset piece is really important. Yeah, go ahead. I love it. No, I'll, I'll just end with one question, but it has two parts to it. Um, First of all, let's focus on maybe the nutrition aspect because that's what yes. we're focusing on this week. And yeah. maybe do you, could you set out some principles, some tangible things that our audience can and I can also take away and implement straight away that specifically help? I mean, it's often what helps the what's good for the heart is good for the brain and vice versa. But just curious if you could share that. And then the second part to that is how can we learn more about uh, what you do? Sure thing. So, so basically the essential diet eating for mental health is a little book people can grab, but basically what, what I want people to understand is neurotransmitters like serotonin, dopamine, 
uh, they are derived from essential amino acids. And this is, was key for my recovery. So I had been on and off uh, antidepressants for about 15 years. Every time I went on them, yes, I did feel a little bit better. Side effects were hard to handle, but event, whenever I went off of them, I'd end up right back where I started. So nobody was really addressing the root of the problem. Dr. Hoffer put me on a bunch of supplements, but I wanna be clear here. I don't want people to out supplement a crappy diet right? Mm -hmm. Nutrition is you want to be eating the food and you want to be eating food that is not laden with a lot of chemicals. So tryptophan is an essential amino acid. So what that means is it goes on in the body to make uh, 5-HTP and then serotonin and then melatonin. So we are wanting to, from a nutritional perspective, I'm always hesitant because I, I don't, because I've had an eating disorder, I, I don't want people to be as concerned about what to take out, I want you to take, think about what you can put in. Mm. So the tryptophan forming foods is one thing. So just thinking protein. So in my case, I had been a vegetarian as well. So I, I had a lot of cracks in my nutritional foundation. So the key message is you cannot get to make these hormones and neurotransmitters if you don't provide the building blocks to do so from the diet. So eating around, you know, all standard things that you're going to probably hear from many other guests that you have on. You want to eat around the perimeter, perimeter of the store. Make sure half of your plate is vegetables. So you have some healthy protein on there and a little bit of a complex carb. I don't believe in throwing a complete food group out the window. The food industry is just that. It's an industry. It's got an invested in you buying its products so that they can stay in business. So remember that the food industry manipulates anything you're buying with three molecules, fat, sugar, and salt. So sugar is a big problem, big problem. So if you're wanting to think about a place to start, know this, that four grams of sugar equals one teaspoon. So if you're eating a, 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 a energy bar and it's got 24 grams of sugar, uh, 24 <laughs> grams of, of um, sugar in that, that's how many teaspoons, right? That's six teaspoons. So that visual is really helpful. A can of Coke has, I think it's got 25 grams. Um, so cut the pop, drink water, <laughs> you know, uh, eat around the perimeter of the store, make sure half your plate is vegetables, eat tryptophan forming foods, that's five things. And the sixth suggestion I'll make is pay attention to your sugar intake and see if you can consume less than 36 grams a day for women. I'll give men a little bit more, 40 grams, give them one more teaspoon. <laughs> Some people are starting their day with like, you're starting their day at 40 grams and they don't even know it. Wow. So, and they're, you, you shot your, your, your day, your one day and a little bit of your next day too. So th those are just the simple suggestions for now for you. Dr. Chris, it's, it's an absolute pleasure just learning from you and, and just hearing your story of going from the world of finance and corporate world and transitioning because of your personal lived experience into the world of health and, and using nutrition, lifestyle, all of these you know, tried and tested principles in your practice. So I really appreciate you. Um, any final words? Right. And you asked, yeah, I mean, gosh, just if you know where if somebody's struggling, please reach out your hand. This, this pandemic has been hard on everybody and um, mental health issues were uh, there already before this pandemic uh, came about. So please continue to reach out to, to your loved ones. And, and if you're struggling yourself, please reach out for help. And my website is, is drchristinabjorndal.com. Um, you can find me there, I'm on social media. So you may post the links, maybe, perhaps. I'm not quite sure yes, how absolutely. that all works, but yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and just remember that it's hard when people are depressed. They have a difficult time asking for help. 
So please continue to knock on people's doors or um, obviously the whole social distancing thing. I won't get into that, but yeah, no problem. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I have put the links in the description below. So do check that out to see uh, what Dr. Chris can help you with. But again, as we started with a disclaimer, do speak with your licensed doctor in your area who can help you based on your circumstances. Uh, and also join us on the Facebook group for a, a follow-up conversation if, if you wish. Absolute pleasure, Dr. Chris, and you for watching, listening, and we'll see you again tomorrow. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. Learn more at The Entrepreneur's Doctor. www.entrepreneurs.doctor. Better health starts here.